Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up the bedroom is even better. Whether you're buying a gift for your sugar baby or just for yourself, you can get 50% off at adamandeve.com when you enter the code CANDY at checkout. And that's not all. Adam and Eve will include 10 tantalizing free gifts, a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item all partners can enjoy. Plus, you'll receive six free spicy movies. But the best part is the free shipping. You can get all of this at adamandeve.com using code CANDY at checkout. That's C-A-N-D-Y. So Shelby, what are you getting me? Hey all you candy sluts and bubble buds, we're back with another episode this week. I'm Emily. And I'm Shelby. And today we are interviewing Callie Mack. Callie, you are actually the first person that has been specifically requested for an episode, so really excited to have you on here. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit for those who might not be familiar with you? Of course, yeah, that'd be awesome. So My name is Callie Mack. I'm 20 years old. I'm a BBW. And I'm so I'm so honored that someone (laughs) requested for me to be on here. That's super special. And that that means a lot that people want to hear from me a little bit. I live in Atlanta. And I've I've been kind of, you know, dabbling in this work for less than two years, but just kind of like, you know, you at some point you're doing more than other and and you know you just kind of I've been doing all sorts of platforms and stuff so it's just kind of escalated more recently I would say. So I think we'll start off this episode asking you the questions that the person who requested you wanted to ask, and then we'll get more into our questions. But the person who requested you is at Hugger Treat on Twitter. And they DM'd us and said, they want to know what is more enjoyable, creatively doing plumper pass professional stuff or doing more like OnlyFans, ManyVids collaboration stuff with other independent sex workers? That's a really good question because I'm like trying to think of the pros and cons, you know? The thing about plumper pass is that there's a lot of people around you who like know exactly what you're doing and like can direct you to do certain things and just kind of know how the whole process goes like the flow of it and just to get stuff done like they know how to kind of tell you you know what they want the finished product to look like and then you know with the independent stuff you know, sometimes you can get kind of off task or you can get kind of like stuck because you're not quite sure what to do next but that's I mean it's that's bittersweet as well because there's more freedom there but sometimes you get a little more stuck on like like almost writer's block or like just trying to figure stuff out um being independent and not being as professional So what was your journey through sex work like? Because you just mentioned experience. What was learning how to be a sex worker like for you? I mean, honestly, like I'm, I'm still kind of trying to navigate it. I would still consider myself very early in my career because I turned 18 and stuff. Like 
I I had like premium Snapchat, like selling, you know, a Dropbox folder, like, you know, kind of like doing whatever with that and just kind of doing more direct sales through like Twitter and stuff. But I didn't really like consider myself, this is a profession, like this, you know, for myself. So I would consider this past January, another sex worker in Atlanta reached out to me and wanted to do some videos um, for clip sites. And her name's Amethyst. She's super awesome. I think that was really exciting for me just to like work with someone else. I was like, oh, like this is really cool. Like, you know, like a collaboration stuff. And then of course, so that was like really exciting. But I I mean, I'm going to have to say Plumper Pass was like my like, oh, shoot, like this is like this is happening like I'm I'm making something of myself that's exciting and bigger than I thought when I was you know just selling stuff when I was 18. And so you live in Atlanta I'm not super familiar with the city but Georgia is a more conservative area most of the south is. How have you or have you had to deal with stigma from people in your region? I don't know if it's more my region as it is like my personal circle. Like I don't, I haven't really gotten much shit or seen much shit from people just because of living in Georgia. Because Atlanta, you know, is pretty, it is actually pretty um, liberal, I would say. Pretty, or at least where I live, open to new, different kind of the, the new movements, you know? And I would say... I I haven't really gotten, like, seen stuff like, oh, because of my state, it's just been more, like, people in my circle. Like, that being close to me. Like, it, it wouldn't matter where I lived. It was just because it's me. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever have, like, a coming out moment to the people in your life? Like, hey, I'm a sex worker? Kind of. It was a little bit taken away from me because... My ex had found out that I had started that and he told my best friend who told my mom and that was like a whole thing. So it was like, there's no easy, I knew there was never going to be an easy way of doing it, but it's like, I didn't even really have the chance to decide when I was going to do that. So that was hard, but, um, rip the bandaid off a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I think I would have pushed it off a lot more and I didn't really have the opportunity to. So yeah, bittersweet, of course. So wait, so your best friend told your parents without talking to you first? Yes, that is what happened. So how's that relationship now? Has it gotten better or? That's the funny thing. Now she's like one of my biggest supporters actually yeah like she's really dived deeper into understanding and you know she definitely regrets those moments and we weren't friends for a good while because of that but it's like we've been friends for 15 years it wasn't really something you know we just kind of came back together and we're like this is you know this is what happened But I think we can move forward from it. And now she's like one of my biggest support systems for it. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think, you know, kind of shifted her mindset from, oh, my God, this is a terrible thing that you're doing to, 
oh, I want to support you. I think, you know, we we haven't really talked about that, but if for my best guess, it would be like becoming more educated on how it's how it's becoming more common. It's not just like some taboo thing like, oh my God, like I can't believe she's doing this, my best friend. And I think part of it also has to be, you know, this is, this is my best friend, like, and I'm going to support, you know, supporting her would be me not being her best friend. And so I think she just kind of, it was like a realization of like, you know, this is my girl, but also like a realization of this isn't like as taboo and as horrific as I thought it was. So you don't think that she was telling your mom out of a place of concern. It was more like she didn't like the idea of you doing sex work. I think it was definitely both actually. And I definitely think it was out of a place of shock and not knowing what to do with the information, you know, like I think that, she once she found out she like kind of had to do something about it and it's like she realizes now she didn't but like I think that she was so taken back that she wasn't even sure what to do so she kind of put it in the hands of someone else yeah so I'd like to kind of switch the subject. When we interviewed Gwenadora, we talked a little bit about the experience of a BBW. There is definitely a fetishization of fat women are fuckable, but not dateable. Has this been something that you've ever had to experience in your lifetime? Yes, yes, and yes. I think that it's it's such a thing where, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of men who, like, will be on the internet, you know, saying, you know, making fun of fat women or just talking negatively about them. And then it's like, you know, oh, you're the same guy who wants to lick all over my body when no one's around. Like, it's just kind of, I don't know. It's, it makes me angry, but Yeah, I was just going to say, okay, so I wrote this down actually the other day. I said, men love to bash plus size slash fat women publicly, like with their friends, you know, say whatever, and then are practically begging to come have sex with us, you know, and after making fun of me on the internet, and I say, like, I can't tell you how many guys have not wanted their friends or whoever to know that they're talking to me or hooking up with me because they're embarrassed that I'm plus size and just can't stand the thought of people knowing that they still dig me despite that. It's just like, I'm, it's just frustrating, like the fat phobia and stigma that it would be so bizarre for someone to be attracted to a plus size woman. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just, it bothers me so much. (laughs) Yeah, I have to assume it might be a little bit disorienting as well, wanting, like being wanted in a sexual sense, but not in a romantic sense and how, like trying to balance how, well, where do I fit in? You know, if there's anything you want to like say on that, I would love to hear it. 
No, I definitely, I, I definitely know what you're, what you're saying because it's, and it, it's almost like men assume that I should know where my place is in that, but it's like, how, how could I, if you're sending these mixed signals, like how, how would I know that, oh, I only want you in this way. It's like, am I supposed to assume because I'm fat that I'm not allowed or would never be considered to be in this other category? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's definitely something I've, I've struggled with, like, ever since relationships or romances have been, you know, in my life, like high school through now, and like, I know it won't you know, necessarily stop. So it it is something that I'm trying to navigate and I I would hope would change. And I would hope that I can find someone someday who isn't necessarily like that. So yeah, I think it's very complex for sure. I'm rooting for you. I hope you find someone with that too. (laughs) I love that. Thank you segueing a little bit into plumper pass because I'm not super familiar with with what that is would you mind explaining that to me and anyone else who might not know what that is so plumper pass is a studio slash company for bbws they they have like a huge range of bbws on their site for porn for different scenes I think they have I think they have mostly boy girl scenes but they also have like maybe some some other scenes and they also have a website called bbw land which is like where their amateur stuff is which is really cool like like bbws they work with can submit like more amateur or less you know like sometimes with with porn studios they want like the pretty vanilla stuff and so bbw land also has like the more like gritty like you know amateur kind of feel which i think is cool too that they have like you know both sides that you can explore and look into for sure but i i love plumper pass i think they do a really good job with their work and yeah i'm excited to work for them again in the future was that your first professional porn shoot? It was. And it's it's funny because I did two scenes in one day. And that was like a lot just to begin with. I don't know. Like, I mean, that might be like the normal, but like, it was just like, go, 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 lunch in between, go, go, go till that. It was, it was, it was like so exhilarating though. It was an awesome day. But it's funny because <laughs> my first scene was with Sean Lawless. And I was like, he's so cool and like known and such a cool guy. But like, I was so nervous. But um, I think makeup and hair definitely made me like more relaxed. So I was like, this is fun. Like someone's doing my makeup professionally. Like, I thought that was so much fun. But yeah, I was definitely like, are you kidding me? Like, this is kind of a big deal. Like, I didn't realize until I was, like, on set, for sure. So what was the first time shooting like? And were there any things that stood out to you that, you know, somebody who has never 
done porn wouldn't have expected? Um, definitely. So oh, it was it, like the whole process, like from start to finish was nothing like I thought it would be like, you know, usually they think there's like a camera you film and like, that's kind of it. But first we started with the pretty girl photos, which is like a photo shoot of just me, I guess. And then before you film anything, like any video, whatever, you go through the scene as if you're doing it, but you take pictures of what you're doing. It's like a storyboard kind of. So like after you film, there's like photos of you doing everything that you filmed. I don't know. It's really hard to explain, but like, I had no idea that's how it worked that like, and then it turns out there was like 900 photos and I was like, Oh my gosh, what is this? Has it ever felt uncomfortable being that exposed? You know, I think that it was, it was definitely different because like, I'm used to doing like a lot of solo stuff or just like boy girl stuff where it's like it's just us and my phone you know so it was a little it was a bit of a change but I think it was also empowering because like I I knew that everyone there was there because like you know I look hot and like I'm I'm the talent this is kind of more like about me than it is just like about me being exposed you know like this is a job and like I'm doing what the job entails you know and it was enjoyable for sure this is probably the most like weird question everything but like it's never occurred to me that when shooting porn of course people have to eat at some point and they just like order food I have to do that in my job too I don't know why that stands out to me so and I feel like we've been doing these interviews for a while (laughs) Wait, let me say something. This is so funny. So, (laughs) so we were like almost done with the first scene and I was going to shower after and, but I had to keep my eye makeup on, but we're going to redo the face makeup. So I'm like showering, like, okay. Like being very careful about, you know, just like, so you're like fresh, you know? And then like towards the end of the first scene, um, the makeup artist, Crystal came up to me and she was like, what do you want to eat? And she was like, listing off everything. I was like, wait, I get to like decide what we're eating. I was like, um, anything sounds fine. Like I didn't want to sound like a diva. Like, oh, I would like this from Chick-fil-A and this specifically. And so I was, I was like, I'll take anything. Like I was trying to be all polite and stuff. And they were like, no, this is kind of like whatever you want, we're going to eat. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, this is so cool. (laughs) It sounds like you were getting pampered and like fluffed both inside and out. (laughs) Definitely. I just, I don't know. It was just like, it felt like stuff was about me and like I was in front of the camera and like, (laughs) it was just kind of, um, a little bit of a shock, but I don't know what else I should have expected. You know, like, yeah, I'm curious about what it's like to 
go into the porn industry and as the talent, you know, you're kind of the priority, but also now you're growing this fan base and clearly they're pretty dedicated to you because they reached out to us and they were like, Hey, we want to hear from her. So what's that like? I mean, I, I def. so I started with Twitter. Twitter was like my main platform, like pretty much what I used for everything, like communication with you know, fans and selling, you know, content and everything like Twitter was just kind of like my platform. And then after Plumper Pass, they were like, do you have an Instagram? And I was like, no, I don't. But like, maybe I should make one. And then I made one in March. And now I have like a whole nother fan base on Instagram who doesn't have Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, not everyone has all social medias. And it's like, I've created different foundations and bases like on different social media sites and I think that's so cool because on Instagram I connect with people who I don't connect with on Twitter and I mean like there's you know so many different sites nowadays and everyone's always asking me what I'm on and you know I think that I've realized just the more platforms the better for sure Yeah, this is also something we kind of talked about with Gwenadora of like Instagram has a terrible track record of taking down sex workers posts, but specifically plus size sex workers because more skin, like more scandalous, which is inherently so fat phobic. But that kind of led us to this conversation of tube sites versus independent porn, where sex workers don't really have this option of only having their content on one site, because there's always this risk. Like we see this with OnlyFans right now, with Bella Thorne kind of fucking everything up for all the sex workers on the platform. And I mean, they're already in trouble for tax evasion anyways. So what has it been like for you trying to get your content on multiple different places so you can still have a steady income while like also kind of worrying about things being taken down? Yeah, since I'm pretty new to Instagram just this year, I've seen a lot of people have their stuff taken down. And it's funny because I'm like, huh, this hasn't really happened to me yet. And like, that's just kind of interesting. And then yesterday, like literally this week, I get this notification. I screenshotted it on Instagram and it was like, you are like, you are in danger of having your account deleted or something. And it was like showing, it showed like some of my posts and it was like, these are, you know, got, what's it called? Um, like these got censored as inappropriate and stuff. And I'm like, well, they didn't tell me that. Like, And so it said, if you post any more photos that are, you know, a, go against our guidelines, you are in danger of your account being deleted. And I'm like, what in the hell? Like they weren't even like making me aware of this stuff. And I'm like, this is just messed up. And some of the pictures I'm like, okay, borderline, you know, whatever it says your it says story removed for nudity or sexual activity, story removed, story removed. Uh, if you post something that goes against our guidelines, again, your account may be deleted. And I'm like, what? And it's hard because I don't want to like have my account taken down and then lose the people who I've connected with on that social media platform you know what I'm saying like I don't want to just disappear and then not have those supporters 
and not be able to like communicate with them. So that's, I know what you mean when you say like have all your content on one platform, because it's really difficult to do that right now with all the censorship or whatever. <laughs> and, um, and not everyone being on the same platform. Like not, like I said, not everyone who has Instagram has Twitter. So, yeah. Yeah. And I went through your Instagram. It's not that bad. Like if an influencer, I I don't post like shirtless pictures and then just like censor the nipples. Like I try to not like I'm not trying to have my account taken down, but... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if an influencer were to post any of the photos that you posted, they would get, like, a million likes, and Instagram wouldn't threaten to take their photos down. You know what I mean? Right. Do you feel like sex workers ever get targeted by social media apps? Oh, for sure. I mean, like you said, you know, if an influencer posted a picture that... I had it would have a million likes and be completely praised by everyone or not everyone but you know because no matter what there's gonna be there's gonna be those people but I mean when it comes to being a sex worker and plus size it's like double the targeting oh I was just like I was also stalking through Instagram and I was just like I (laughs) have I have much worse and I've never been threatened in my entire life like to have my account taken down and so fun fact I actually interned at Facebook for two years (laughs) terrible absolutely awful (laughs) so I need to meet Mark Zuckerberg's dominatrix and if I don't I need to recommend Mark Zuckerberg a dominatrix like no in between Somebody needs to put Um, this man in place. Yeah. Do you like interesting questions? So have you, have you ever watched like your own porn? Like how much gets edited out? Also for the record, if I was in a porno, I would watch the fuck out of it. I'd probably make my friends watch it. Shelby would definitely have seen it. I'm also a narcissist. So. Honestly, I don't like, okay, this is funny. I don't like to watch it that often, but I like to look at my pictures all the time. Like the, from the photo sets, I look at them all the time because I'm like, wow, full hair and makeup, professional photographer, professional camera. Like that was my top tier moment. <laughs> I love it so much. Like, and I only have like a few, you know, scenes out so far and I am working with a lot of people towards the end of the year but I'm like man I can't wait to have so many pictures because like it makes you feel good about yourself yeah with when it comes to the scenes though I'm like I never want to see this I never want to watch this oh my gosh I should have done this differently like I just I cringe at the video (laughs) I'm curious about how transitions work because When I'm having sex with somebody and we want to switch positions, somebody will be like, okay, let's try this position now. And like, we'll vocalize that and then we'll both, you know, switch or whatever. But like in porn, it's all very fluid and there's like cuts and everything. So is there a director that's like, okay, now you guys are going to do doggy style. And so you guys get out of position, you get back into a position. So they told me that we needed four different positions and they didn't really like care which ones they were they just needed to have that variety I think and it's funny because 
some of the transitions were like cut and like like a faded view on the on the screen like it looks very clean but I think that in one of my scenes like I'm like trying to take my shoes off and they're not coming off and like they, I don't know if they cut that but I was like oh my goodness why I'm just, why is it taking me 30 seconds to unstrap these heels like it was really awkward that's the thing about porn I feel like two things is like sex is just inherently awkward like being that intimate with somebody tends to be awkward but then like because sexual education is so poor people kind of rely on porn to understand what sex would be like before they have it so they have this expectation that it's not going to be fucking weird and then it is and like things like you said just now you know trying to take your shoe off and it taking forever and being like oh my god this is so uncomfortable you know and there's like this heavy bright light on you and like a huge camera and I'm like I can't get it off it was horrible but I mean I guess I guess you know when people edit they try to make it look less awkward hopefully for all of us (laughs) is that the kind of porn that you'd like to see or would you rather see something that's a little bit more real as far as the awkwardness and the the uncomfortable communication that happens during sex I mean it was really cool to get to experience that and I would love to continue doing that kind of work but I'm really trying to get into some like rougher stuff and I know that usually takes place with amateur porn because not I mean at least I haven't seen like I know this is going to sound horrible but like I haven't seen the kind of porn that I want to see on like Pornhub like I don't even know if it exists on Pornhub I mean of course there's hook a pot shot love hook a pot shot with um Brian Gosling like his stuff is pretty rough but like I even want to see some more intense stuff I don't know I don't know if it's just in my head but like I really want to make some some pretty some pretty gritty which is funny that because I like started out with such like a vanilla scene and stuff and then I'm just gonna be like hardcore into it yeah Uh, so just to make sure so I before we interview people I google their names and I try to avoid watching the actual porn I can't tell you exactly why and everything but from what I understand I don't I don't know how to ask this. No, go for it. I love it. <laughs> but like you're you do some like hardcore stuff from time to time, right? I do. How is do. that? <laughs> Most of my thoughts are extremely hardcore is what I'll say. <laughs> that that's what I can tell because I when we first started it, I was like looking through your Instagram and I was like, it looks vanilla. Like basically there's if I did not Google it. There is no way I would have known that you were in. My Twitter is not vanilla. I need to go on Twitter more. And that is one of my biggest personal faults. Yeah. Twitter, like people read my Twitter and then look at me and they're like, what is wrong with her? Sometimes I'll be tweeting and I'm like, am I allowed to post this on the internet? Like, am I allowed to say this? So would you consider yourself part of the BDSM community? Yeah, for sure. And it's hard because, like, I mean, it's not hard to 
connect that with sex work, but sometimes I feel like it's hard to find both. Okay, I've got a great question, actually. This this is something that Emily and I have these friends that have another podcast called Clitorally, and they always talk about during sex, they kind of put on this performance because that's kind of what you see in porn, and that's how they think men expect. So do you feel like there's a difference between the sex that you have in your personal life versus the sex that you have in camera? And do you ever feel like you're being performative with your actual partners versus your acting partners? That is a good question because I personally think that the sex I have in my personal life is like more hardcore than the sex I have on camera. Because I would say like, especially with Plumper Pass, like that was very pretty girl kind of stuff. But even like some of the other stuff I found, like it's not that I'm not comfortable being as hardcore on on video it's that I don't know if like my partner is you know what I mean like I don't I don't want to expect that out of someone and it's just like when you're not being filmed you can just kind of go all out and I don't want to like have to plan everything you know what I'm saying yeah but I, I I will definitely say I am guilty of being a little more performative in my personal life as well. Cause it's like, I get so used to it. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, if you're constantly, you know, getting validation and like positive attention from being performative, like it totally makes sense. I feel like I'm, I'm performative in bed. I don't feel super authentic. Yeah. I'm this, i I feel like I'm performative to avoid making eye contact because making eye contact feels so uncomfortable. (laughs) That's hilarious. I love that. No, I just, it's not, it's sometimes I'm like, sometimes I'm like, is is it because guys see that in porn and expect that? So I'm just going to do that too. And that's what I do for work. So (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I'm always interested in, the social impacts porn actually has on people and not the weird pseudoscience that Christians try to push of like porn ruins your life. The other day I had a friend who shared something on Instagram about this man who posted something like super misogynistic. And then in his next post tried to blame the fact that he watched porn as a reason for being a misogynist. And I'm actually kind of curious because there is a little bit of a discourse about rough pornography and how that almost validates violence toward women. And I, I have no opinion on this. I just want to hear your opinion on this. What what do you think? Oh, goodness. I mean, I think that there's obviously a difference, you know, when you're in bed and there's consent you know, created and disclaimed all before. I think that that's very different. I mean, I don't really know how to say like much further, but like, that's kind of my take on it. Like when there's consent, you know, and when there's consent and everything's been kind of like squared away beforehand, I'm not really against 
you know, the rough stuff as long as there's communication. Yeah, I I mean, I would have to say for sure that people don't get to blame porn for their actions because you have to understand that it's a performance. Like you wouldn't watch a movie about a serial killer and then become a serial killer and be like, well, I watched this movie. It's like, no, you knew that was an act and you know that this is an act too. Can I say one thing? Okay, so I, I mean, this has been more recent, I guess, but like, I have such a hard time with like dating as a sex worker because I really do want a partner. Honestly, I do. And I don't know if that's like has to happen. You know, it's not that it has to happen right now, but I know that's what I want for myself. And it's hard because like, I know there's people who are also in the industry you know, like I see people all the time who are both, you know, in the industry and they're, you know, together romantically. And I'm like, I want that, you know, and it's not that I have to be with another person who does the same thing as me, but I know that it's more likely that I'll, that I'll be with someone who is more understanding if they also do sex work. It's been such a hard thing for me to, like, try to figure out right now. Honestly, I I don't think we've ever talked about dating as a sex worker. We've talked about, like, how people interact with their partners as a sex worker. I guess for all the sex workers who listen to our podcast, if you have any tips or input, please let us know. But, yeah, would you, like, are you okay? comfortable with getting into a conversation about the difficulties of dating as a sex worker because now that you mention it I'm like yeah that would be hard but it's just not something that's ever crossed my mind yeah no I literally tweet about it all the time I'm like wow I'm so tired of being single and not being able to because it's like what do I do do I go on you know bumble and then how do I bring this up when do I bring this up like you know and I've, I have been on dating apps and stuff, and then I bring it up eventually, and they want to fetishize it to the maximum. They just want to be like, oh, that's hot that you do that. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be hot. Like, it just has to, like, what? It's like, if someone was like, oh, that's really interesting. So how's work going? Like, that is an okay response. And I've... I've actually, this is hilarious. I tweeted this recently. Um, I posted a collage on Twitter the other day of messages I've gotten from Tinder and Bumble. Are you ready? I follow you on Twitter and you're the cutest thing ever. And then someone else said, so I matched with you on Tinder a couple months ago. Like a month after we matched, I saw you on Plumper Pass and my dreams are coming true. Like, what is this? That's such a creepy thing to send to somebody. What the fuck? Just talk to sex workers like they're people. They're literally just people. And someone else was like, Someone else said, like, basically the exact same thing, that, like, we had matched, and then they saw one of my tattoos, and they recognized it from somewhere else, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so weird. 
Like, I just want to be loved. <laughs> I think I think one thing in particular that I just kind of made the mental connection with is, like, you know, back <laughs> back before, and I will, I will provide a disclaimer, I am in a healthy relationship. Um, but back when I was on Tinder... I don't think anybody would have messaged me. And for the record, I don't think there's anything wrong with watching porn, but nobody would have messaged me anything directly that would have been like, hey, by the way, this is the porn I watch. Like, that's just not a conversation topic for like the first, right? I guess, three dates. <laughs> like, and nothing wrong with watching porn. It's just kind of whack to disclose the porn that you're watching to your Tinder matches what the fuck exactly it's like do do people think because of your work it's like okay to shift from you know normal dating conversation and like normal get to know you questions to just telling you things about their sexuality like it's hard because I want to make sure you know like I I want to eventually disclose my work you know just for the sake of if they're comfortable with that or not but at the same time it shifts to a whole nother place like them thinking I'm only on there to have sex or that I'll only have that I'll have sex with anyone or like whatever it may be it's it shifts the whole vibe and I don't want it to be an exception just because of, you know what I mean? So it sounds like you're in a catch-22 where you don't want to disclose you're a sex worker because then they'll assume that you're just out there for dick. But if you don't disclose it, then you have this looming anxiety of like either them finding out and also like when you match on someone it, or match with somebody, it's only natural. You want to be like, this is what I do for work. Right. It's exactly that. Cause like, and I have the anxiety that I'll, you know, if I don't disclose it, they're going to fall for me and then not be okay with what I do. And then I'll be like a waste of our time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to end up with somebody who wouldn't be okay with you being a sex worker anyways. Right. We don't, we don't like horror phobes. No, no. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm also sure that, yeah. You know, being in a place like Atlanta, Georgia, it's not like, you know, you're getting the most woke, understanding people out there. I've actually visited Atlanta. My best friend went to Georgia Tech. Uh, oh, wow. But Atlanta's cool. I like it. Atlanta, Atlanta, I think, is similar to Austin in that. I always call Austin the, like, dot of blue in the sea of red. Atlanta is also kind of like that, yeah. maybe to, like, a lesser extent, but Atlanta's like a pretty cool city. Atlanta's pretty woke. Yeah, it is. So I think grouping. Yeah, I think grouping Atlanta in with the rest of Georgia is like unfair. So. Yes, agree. I just had to put it out there about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, dating, not not the easiest thing. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's interesting. I'm glad that we talked about that because I feel like that's something we don't necessarily cover all that much on our show is what it's like to date as a sex worker. Because sex is such a big part of most people's relationships. 
Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's the the horophobia, which I feel like is something we talk about a lot on the show too, is the fear of women having control of their own sexuality and doing whatever the fuck they want with it. So, shifting gears, if that's all right, if there's any more... Okay, shifting gears. So, the AVN Starlet Award. Congratulations on getting nominated. How the fuck do you get nominated for something like that? I just have no idea. This is so funny because... I saw someone retweet like the the BBW awards uh, nominee list, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, let's see if any of my friends are nominated." Because like I I've you know created you know a good community of of women who are also BBWs, and so I was like, "Oh, this is so cool! Like, let me go see if any of my friends are nominated," and then I. <laughs> I lost it. I was like, are you joking? Like, I thought this, I was like, I'm nominated. I was losing my shit. I was losing it. Yeah. (laughs) Bro, how surreal, how surreal does it feel? Like, Like, I literally went to the list to look for like my friends and people I look up to who are in the industry. I did not think of, I was completely shocked and just like starstruck about it yeah so so how did you find out is it just like they post list and every sex worker like rushes to go or do you get like a golden invitation I didn't even know it was coming out I was losing it yeah I I was it was surreal for sure I'm like still losing it so they so they don't personally notify you like hey you've been nominated I don't think so. <laughs> I think they just like said when they were going to release the list of nominees and then. Did you have to apply or anything? You understand my confusion, right? No, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I for, yeah, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> like I didn't apply for anything. I didn't submit anything. I didn't. Yeah. I, I'd love to talk to someone from AVN because. And then my I would too. My follow-up question is, if you won, what would your acceptance speech be? And we can help you brainstorm. I would love a brainstorm because I mean, I don't I don't see myself winning like with the list of like other talents like I really don't. But but it doesn't matter it's so fun I feel like it's one of those awards where it's like everybody's so supportive of each other like I feel like you know celebrity awards everyone's catty but everyone's like oh my god we all did such a good job like this is just a formality no I totally agree I totally agree and um I'm in this the category that I'm nominated for also Bailey BBW is nominated and I'm like this is so because we're friends and I'm like oh my god like this is the coolest thing (laughs) I I didn't know you guys were friends that's so cool yeah and so it was like it's like exactly like you said it's like oh my gosh we've all done such a good job like this is awesome like let's just like be proud of ourselves period you know so I love that Uh, I love camaraderie among sex workers it just it warms my whole heart. Me too. Yeah. So I just like, 
I'm wondering how it'll look like the awards, you know, with Corona. I know it's not soon-ish, but like, I'm hoping it'll be a thing. Because I want to go. <laughs> Callie, this has been such a fun interview. I'm glad we got to talk to you and, and learn a little about about learn a little bit about god i cannot talk today it was this comically large glass of wine that i drank that's making me <laughs> slurry it was cool to learn a little bit about the struggles of dating as a sex worker and you know the porn that you've been into and what you want to go into so if anybody is listening to this and they want to follow you where can they find you you guys can find me on twitter at callie mac xxx it's c-a-l-l-i-e m-a-c-k-x-x-x you can also find me on Instagram, which is Callie underscore Mac underscore. And all my links are also like, you can find them on both of those platforms, you know, for OnlyFans and all that stuff. So yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, check out Callie's episode. And if you want to hear more from us, you should go to our website, candygirlpodcast.com. And you can find all of our episodes, plus our Patreon and our store. We just came out with stickers. So you guys should check those out. They're really cool. Callie, it was great getting to talk to you. And we will hear from you guys next Friday. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Candy Girl Podcast. Fuck me, Daddy. <laughs>